the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. The mechanical voice with the ironically American accent has gone silent today. This morning, the most famous theoretical scientist and physicist in the world has passed away, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking is uh, is an icon and in, in many ways uh, an inspiration to me. In many other ways, not so much. He was studying physics at Cambridge. He took his education so... It's such a meaningless bother that most of his papers were written the night before they were due. And he would throw away his extra draft and his his notes and his his roommate pulled them out of the garbage to save them because he said they were miraculous. Stephen, what are you doing? He said, that's just garbage. He was. uh he was a partier at college until he fell down the stairs while at Cambridge. He had been tripping an awful lot. And one day he fell down the stairs. And as he was laying at the bottom of the stairs, he thought something is wrong. He was diagnosed with ALS, which at the time I believe was called Lou Gehrig's disease. He was 22 years old. He was told that he would have no more than a couple of years to live. What ALS does is it just paralyzes the body slowly. He began to move uh, or began to lose all of his motor skills. He was eventually confined to a wheelchair and he fell into a deep depression. Thankfully, a professor in his life encouraged him not to let his disease define him. With newfound confidence, he dove back into his work in science and physics. He was able to see the world and see see these physics equations in three dimensions in his imagination. Stephen Hawking is the prime example that all life is precious and has meaning. He is also a reminder about how great, how great a time we live. If he would have lived 50 years ago, he would have spent his entire life with people talking to him like this. And how are we feeling today, Mr. Hawking? Would you like me to open up the window? Talking down to him like he was an imbecile and in his head, trapped. Three-dimension, three-dimensional Maps of space and black holes. Now, we know how Margaret Sanger and George Bernard Shaw would view Stephen Hawking. His life didn't have any meaning. His life wasn't worth anything. He had no quality of life. They would have said he was disabled and therefore a burden on society. They would have said, you know, before he goes through all of this pain. Before he has to suffer. Before he has to put his family through all of this, the doctors believe he has no quality of life and no future, and we should put him down. Isn't it amazing how that struggle 
is what made Stephen Hawking. Without ALS, he himself said, I don't know who I would have been. He didn't take his studies seriously until he was until he knew he was running out of time until he knew I've been given a gift of life and intelligence and I've been wasting it. And he began to apply himself. The world is a better place because of Stephen Hawking, because he chose to live his life to the fullest, despite his crippling disease. He leaves behind now a loving wife, three children, and a legacy unmatched by many, most, and perhaps only eclipsed by Einstein. Agree with him or not, Hawking challenged everything we know. He challenged every perception of the universe. What I like about Stephen Hawking is he said, I believe this is true. And later would come out and be the first to say, I was wrong. He challenged even the things that he fought so hard because he believed they were true. He fought everyone and said, no, prove that it's wrong. I'm telling you, this theory is right. And when somebody, or even him, proved that it was otherwise, he led the charge to say, "Mm -mm, we don't have that. We don't have that right. The most important thing that Stephen Hawking gave to the world is that no one can define your life by what you look like or what your abilities are. No one can define your life except you. You are the master of your own world and works. It's Wednesday, March 14th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Really kind of, in some ways, bummed. Stephen Hawking, uh, in some ways, played a big role in my coming of age, if you will. My, the beginning of my search. He, he was one of the first people that I started to read when I questioned with boldness even the very existence of God. He and Carl Sagan. And uh, he is, in many ways, a a true inspiration of what can be done if you just say, nope, I'm not going to let it beat me. Living life all the way to the end. So in some ways, it's a very sad day. In some ways, it's it's not. He was, uh, if you had seen pictures of him recently, um, he was uh, sliding downhill uh, quickly. Man, you want to talk about a guy who fought and fought and fought and fought. Since the 19, what, 50s? Late 50s, early 60s? And I just, I, I, every time I think of Stephen Hawking, I think of, thank God for the voice box. Thank God for that device. Think of the torture that would have been for him. I remember my grandfather on my father's side. I was not close to him. And he scared the hell out of me. And he scared me for a couple of reasons. But the main reason was uh, he had had a stroke. And he was uh, right side paralyzed. 
And uh, so the first time he had a stroke, he was, he would talk uh, like this. And he, and he would get confused um, in his language. Um, and I remember being very small. And I remember sitting on the carpet in his living room and looking up at him. And he was trying to tell me something. And uh, he couldn't form any of the words. This is after a second stroke. He couldn't form any of the words. And his eyes welled up. And tears started running down his cheeks. And I probably was six. And I remember thinking, he's trapped in there. I, I Somehow or another, I knew... I could, I could, I could tell that he knew what he wanted to say. He couldn't make his body work. And ever since that day, that's been one of my biggest fears is being trapped with your mind well and your body trapped and you can't let anyone know I'm in here. And if it wasn't for technology, that's where Stephen Hawking would have been. Imagine that mind trapped. How many minds before have been trapped like that? How many minds today? How many people that we dismiss because of their communication abilities do we dismiss because they can't communicate it? My daughter has a really hard time with communication. She has, uh, uh, she has had CS cerebral palsy. She had strokes at birth, and uh, it's her... It's her nemesis. She can't communicate. She has a hard time um, uh, choosing the right words and putting it together. And uh, and she's you know she always feels like she's just uh, no, I don't have it right. I don't have it right. This is it. I don't know how to say it. So frustrating. So frustrating. I mean, you think about now where we are. Because it's not about just people who can't communicate. Now we're talking about people who can communicate, can communicate well. People with Down syndrome, for example, that we've talked about this week, that can communicate fine. Uh, you know, they might not have uh, every single uh, thing going for them the exact same way. Some, some, of, some of their features are better, as we've discussed. They certainly seem happier than a lot of people. Um, but these are people who can actually communicate uh, can talk back to you, can have a, can smile, can have fun, can laugh, and we're celebrating their elimination. We have a guest on next hour, Nick Vujicic. We've had him on before about what, four years ago. He's written a new book called uh, "Be the Hands and Feet." The ironic part about that is he has no hands and feet. He has he 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 was born, I believe, he was a thalidomide baby. I'm not sure. Um, and, uh, so he was born and he has, uh, kind of very small hands, but they're right at the shoulders, uh, and feet right at the hips. And, uh, so he can't, he can't use them. Uh, and it's, it's fascinating to watch him. Um, I saw him give a speech where he kind of rolled out on stage, uh, and he, inchwormed his way over uh, to the center of the stage and said, so I don't have any hands and feet. What's, what's, what's your problem? And you're kind of like, 
Wow. <laughs> wow, I don't think I have any. I don't think I have any at all. The remote's way over there. That's been my big <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. I know. I know. That statue is really <laughs> oppressing me right now, Nick. It's really man. And how, how many people today, if you were within the sound of my voice, I want you to hear something. And I want you to just ponder this. You may be your biggest obstacle. You may be your biggest obstacle. You, you don't know how many people are actually rooting for you. You don't know how many people are praying for you. You don't know how many people think, oh, I wish he would just, I wish he would just see who he really is. Because most of us miss who we really are. We, we, we get bogged down in our problems. And the, and the truly great people figure that out and go, crap, it's me. <laughs> it's not the rest of the world. It's actually me. Huh. I never saw that one coming. I thought I was a pretty great guy. I'm causing a lot of my problems. Is today the day that you've been given a second chance? Is today the day that you're supposed to say, you know what? I don't care anymore. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care really what happens because it can't get worse than this. I know who I am. I, I remember. I remember the day that I decided not to repeat my mother's ending of her life. My mother was an alcoholic and addicted to prescription drugs. Died when I was 15 years old. And I remember the day I realized I'm going to repeat my mom's life. And then I chose not to. And I was laying on the floor and I got up. And I, I went to bed. And I... I, I I wish I could say that the next day was better, but I don't think it was, but I don't remember the next day. I don't remember what I did. I remember it in broad strokes, and I remember that it was hard. But that all becomes a blur. I, I remember the good things that happened. I remember the, the struggle, but I remember conquering it slowly. I remember figuring it out slowly. It's so bizarre that if you're a woman, you can understand this, that the greatest pain you may ever feel is having a baby. You're usually screaming at your husband, never touch me again. I mean, if you didn't get the epidural. But the minute you have the child, you're ready to have another one. I mean, maybe not ready to have another one right then, but you're, you're, you forget it immediately. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You just, you just have to get up off the floor and say, what, 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 is, what is it that's holding me back besides me? Because no statue in the town square is doing that. ALS ain't doing that because it didn't hold him back. What 
is holding me back. Grab onto life, because man, it is so worth not surviving, living. Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network.